Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the James McDonald Podcast, where we say love to live to love. That's our focus, that's our passion, and we invite you to let God's Word have that impact in your life right now. Here's Pastor James. Well, welcome everybody to our uh, marriage weekend, and we're in a room full of uh, couples that are uh, earnestly interested in seeing their marriage grow. And uh, Kathy and I are pretty excited to be here together because we're also being joined uh, now online by people, I think, at least around the country, if not around the world. And uh, hopefully everyone is having a good Valentine. I was talking, Kathy, to a friend of ours uh, this week, and uh, I said to him, so what are you doing for your wife with Valentine's Day? And he says, oh, he says, that's just a Hallmark holiday. I was like, Fail. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly where Valentine's came from, but have you noticed how it's really grown in emphasis through the years? And I actually think it's wonderful because I love to celebrate, and so I've just decided, and you have too, sweetie, a long time ago, well, if they're making it a Hallmark holiday, well, let's just enjoy it. Yeah, totally. And, and so this morning we went out uh, with our, uh, all of our married children and their children, and uh, KK here, which is what they call her grandma, she shows up with a little present for everybody, and I was like, whoa, this is getting more like Christmas all the time. <laughs> but then I remember my friend, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, this is awesome, and then it really was a great time together, and, uh, but I think it's also a time uh, for people, whether they're uh, dating someone, or engaged, or married, or have been married for many years, um, this is, of course, a, um, such a big part of our lives, and I think it's important that we uh, take time to really focus on our marriage. And uh, so what we'd like to do here, and we're going to take some questions and answers later, uh, but this is not uh, a sermon. Uh, this is more of a heart-to-heart talk. And uh, Kathy and I were working on it today. I think you'll recognize uh, the nine uh, letters uh, in the word Valentine. And uh, we've spent quite a bit of time talking. We started a few weeks ago just saying, what are some of the things that God's used in our marriage? And, and uh, so we've uh, used this acrostic valentine, and we'd like uh, to talk to you for a few minutes before we take questions about nine uh, lessons uh, for lasting love. And uh, anything else to add before we go into it? No, I was just thinking that um, we just had a great time doing this today. I mean, you know, I'm a little more nervous than James is. But um, honestly, we just were laughing together and we were just thinking about so many great memories that we had and certainly some things that the Lord has taught us. And so I know you're going to share a bit about how we don't want to come across like we have it all together and anything great that has happened is because that's been the Lord. Well, the, the people who attend our church, I mean, I stand up pretty regularly in church and talk about what the Lord's teaching me, what I have to learn, what I wish I had handled better. And... Um, We don't have a perfect marriage, but we do have a great marriage. We have a strong marriage. We have a growing marriage. Or you always insist on me saying we've been married how long? 30 happy years. Let's not forget happy. So we'd be out somewhere, and and we'd be driving home, and someone would say, how long are you married? And I'd be like, 19 years. And on the way home, I'd get the 19 happy years. (laughs) And and, uh, which, you know, it's really amazing, the point she's making. It isn't how long you've been married. It's the state of your marriage, isn't it? It's, it's not just uh, hanging on, but hopefully growing in your love and respect for one another. So, um, ready to get into this? Why don't you, Kathy has a scripture that she's actually going to read to us. It's a foundational scripture, mm-hmm. and it comes under the first uh, letter uh, in the word Valentine, which is, come on, call it out. Uh, v is for value, mm-hmm. and uh, marriage uh, is uh, your, if you just get this in your head, marriage is your number one 
human relationship. Number one. Go ahead and read the scripture, Kath. Yes. I'm going to read from Matthew 19, 4 to 7. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which has made them in the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now it's interesting, Jesus Christ, of course, he is the word of God, and uh, here uh, he's quoting the word of God, and we think of Jesus as talking a lot of times about, you know, loving your enemies and, and um, turning the other cheek and, and uh, you know, loving each other. Um, but here Jesus Christ is teaching, our Savior Jesus Christ is teaching about marriage. Huge emphasis on, he's quoting Genesis 2, leave your father and mother, Leave, you know, leave and cleave. You've heard it. Uh, um, this is your most important human relationship. I'll say that's something we've had, you know, really from the start. I don't have any concept of happiness apart from this person. If, if she is unhappy, I am unhappy. If I am unhappy, she is unhappy. There is no happiness that exists outside of this person. And to get it wired in that tightly, that oneness. I think if I could give a single word that describes leaving your father and mother, be joined to your wife, the two shall be one flesh. If you could just always think about marriage is oneness. We are one person. I was having a good chat with my son-in-law the other day, and we were talking about oneness one bank account, one vision for life, one bedtime, you know, one, 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 oneness. And uh, Kathy, you have any uh, stories you want to tell about that? Well, I know um, James has been a great leader in our family, and I love the fact that he is leading and caring for our family. And um, we were laughing a bit about it, but it's worked out great. But at the beginning of our marriage, when we were leaving and cleaving, uh, we moved to the States, and we were eight hours away from our family. And I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. I couldn't love my family anymore. They didn't know Jesus, so they did the best they could. But my mother was... Well, she's just a trip. Lover, lover, lover. But at the beginning of our marriage, she was used to calling me and telling me, you know, about this drama, that drama, and the other. And anyway, James was wonderful because I think it maybe took about six months of this. And I was really down after I would talk with her because I lived a long ways away and there wasn't a whole lot I could do about it. And James, who already had a great relationship with my mother, lovingly picked up the phone one day when she was calling again and he just said, now Linda. And he just really lovingly and caringly just explained to my mom that we just needed a shift in this relationship and that, you know, after I got off the phone with her that I was upset and I was concerned and I couldn't do too much and I could pray, but that wasn't always helping. And anyway, she really understood and um, it, I was nervous the whole time he was talking. I was like, oh my goodness, what's my mother going to do and all the rest of it because it was time for us to truly leave and cleave. And you know, Those boundaries are important, aren't they? And I remember I love your mom. I remember just saying to her, you can't upset my wife. This is the primary human relationship. You don't want to have something great with your dad and you don't have something great with your wife. You don't want to have something great with your buddies, but you don't have something great with your wife. You are a relational failure if you don't have it right, right here. And you have to have that mindset. 
This is number one. Nothing else matters. If this isn't right, nothing's right, no matter what else is right. If this is right, we can deal with a lot of things out there if this is where it needs to be. And, to, and, and you have to build that. You don't, you don't go through high school and college and, you know, that's built over years. And so maybe some of the couples that are here tonight, we have a lot of different uh, age ranges here. Maybe you're just getting started into that. There's a lot of tuning down other voices to tune up the priority of, that's the V word, uh, you have to value this relationship above everything else. What do we got next? The next word is, come on, the next letter is? All right, what do we got, Kath? We've got acceptance. Some things we just cannot change. Does it hurt you to say that? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> but it takes a lot of patience sometimes. All right, come on. <laughs> come on, tell some stories about some things in, in me that uh, you've just had mm. to, uh, that's never going to change. Come on, I know, I know it's true. Yeah, it is, and that's okay because, because I want you to look at me that way. And so... I don't think it's going to do a whole lot of good for me to get on the bandwagon and think about all of the things that I would like you to be able to change, knowing that you're thinking the same about me. But God has been very good to us. All right, well, this all comes down to kind of like a point in time. It's easy to sit in a room and say, well, we have to accept things about one another, but just, just give us like some... You okay. got one? You got yes, one? Yes, I do. I'm nervous. Um, no, don't be nervous. But um, I really love a whole lot of different kinds of music, and James has only ever really loved worship music, and that's okay. Sounds so sanctimonious, right? <laughs> but one time, so crazy. James was out. I won't tell you when this was, and I was blasting Frank Sinatra, and I was dancing around, and I was having a grand time, and I really didn't know that my husband did not like Frank Sinatra music. Oh, oh. Let me it tell would have you. to improve a lot to get to don't like. Okay. The word, the word loathe comes to mind. Now, let's not dig in any deeper, okay? So, <laughs> but James came in, and oh my goodness, he went over and he just like pressed that off button, and he went off about Frank Sinatra and all this crazy kind of music. And I just remember, really, honestly, I had a whole lot of things I wanted to say, and I was royally ticked, and I thought what's going on here? Like, I thought I knew this person, and I loved this, and he didn't, but... I remember you actually saying, I can't believe I'm married to someone who doesn't love Frank Sinatra. Sorry, but I am glad that I'm married to you, but it's okay. And I'm thrilled that you've been able to accept that. So, I mean, I guess she blurs that when I'm not home. I haven't heard it for a while, and it seems silly now. It was many, 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 many years ago. And uh, we've actually kind of come to a little compromise on it. Because who's that other guy that kind of sings like him now, Michael Buble? Well, let me tell you, that just happened about two months ago. And I was blasting Michael Buble and James came in. And I just knew it. I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to lovingly go over and turn this off myself and put something on he like because I don't want to see him turn him off. <laughs> I think the reason why it's good to bring up things like this is because um, it requires, you know, um, a lot of give and take. And uh, Kathy actually pressed me. I don't, if you've been around Harvest for very long, I don't tell stories about my wife that aren't positive, like, almost ever uh, in public. It's something I feel uh, pretty strongly about. She's an amazing, amazing person. And... Um, 
But I think the thing that she kind of encouraged me uh, to do... You can spit it out, honey. Please do. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll just say that that, uh, people who know us from a distance don't realize uh, that my wife is, is very strong. And she couldn't do what God has called us to do if she wasn't strong. Uh, she has very strong thoughts on things. Whatever a pushover is, she is the opposite of that. And, and um, I think when you have two strong personalities in a home, I think that that is uh, something uh, that really tests your readiness to be unselfish. And um, it comes up all the time. We're driving in the car. And my, <laughs> my wife, bless her heart, does not truly have a sense of direction. Like if I said to her right now, sitting here in this room, point to our house, I mean, we could get anything. And I, won't, I don't want to embarrass her, I'm not going to do that, but we were driving like in the car this week, just this week we were driving in the car, and she has her little phone, and she has, now it says to turn left here, I said, let me see that. Well, I said, honey, the, the arrow's going to the right. She says, well, my phone does that all the time, you know, turn left, you got to go left. You got to go left, it's a left here. So I turn left, and I mean, we weren't 50 yards around the corner, and she's like, you got to turn around. And, and I'm like, honey, why are you giving directions? You don't n- understand directions. And, and I don't know if any of this stuff goes on in anybody else's house. But I think the reason why we're bringing it up is because we love all of you and those of you who are listening right now. And I adore, adore my wife. And I don't want you to think that somehow everything in us just fit together perfectly. And if you fit together as perfectly as we did, you'd have the marriage that we, it's not, that's not right. There are, there are many things that happen between us in the course of a week that love has to conquer. And, and there's just some things about quirks in one another. We were driving over with our dear friends, Rick and Lynn Donald, who are going to come up here in a minute. And, and, you know, we were joking about little quirks in us. And, and Lynn, Pastor Rick's wife, said, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, which is, you know, I think in the message version of the Bible, it says we're all weird. <laughs> and and um, everybody is fitting together with other, someone else's idiosyncrasies. And I think that if you really want a loving relationship with a Valentine, you're going to want to grow in your ability to know what can be addressed and improved and what just has to be accepted. So, um, how's that, sweetie? That's great. Okay, next letter is, come on. All right. You're losing track there. That wasn't as strong as you've been. (laughs) The next letter is? L. Excellent. All right. L stands for, I bet you can guess, Love and go ahead with that, sweetie. Mm-hmm. You before me, and uh, we put their actions before words because, of course, it's so easy to say so many things, but um, when you really um, show how you really feel, I think that sometimes when we really know that is um, deep in our hearts, and that's so true. So, I'm going to read First uh, Corinthians 13. Four through seven. Charity suffers long and is kind, which of course we're saying love. Love envies not, love vaunts not itself, it is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly, it does not seek her own way, it is not easily provoked, and wow. thinks no evil. Love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, 
believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. In charity, love never fails. Yeah. When you think of the idea of love, what we're talking about here, you know, so much, we just did a little quiz here in our uh, banquet setting for those who are joining us online. Um, we were kind of just talking about love and love songs and, and uh, you know, a lot of people who say, I'm in love, I'm falling in love, I love you, they have such a um, culturally romanticized, feeling-based, um, and certainly there are wonderful feelings that accompany love, but... Um, when we say love, um, we uh, mean you before me, that's love. Love is when I suppress what I want for the sake of what you want. If you're not doing that, you're not loving. You're not. Love is believing all things, bearing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. It's amazing how many people who say I love you really mean I love the way you make the person that I really love feel, which is me. And when you don't make me feel the way that you used to make me feel, then I won't be loving. You never, that was never love. Love is, an, is a conscious decision to place the needs of another person above my own. And it is the essence of what following Jesus means. And it is what we are called to. And when we talk to couples that say, well, we're not in love anymore. I have found this to be true. If you would go back and do the things that love does, you would feel the things that love feels. It is the refusal to do the things that love does that causes us to stop feeling the things that love feels. If you're here at this banquet, if you're listening online, if you need a change of direction, if you need a major fix in your marriage, take 30 days and faithfully do what love does, regardless of what comes back, regardless of what you experience, because you're not thinking of yourself. Do what love does, and you will begin again to feel what love feels. You, you don't fall in and out of biblical love, not true love. It's an action, it's a do. Well, and I was just thinking we can only do that because he loved us first. Right. We can only do that, it's a supernatural thing. We're talking about quirks and all of the things, but there's some serious, you know, uh, burdens and things that come into our lives when you're hoping and praying for a relationship to last for years. And um, so I have just found in our life so far that really the times when it's been difficult, you just reach down and just say, Lord Jesus, I know that you can do this even when I can't. And I know right. that's been so important. So, um, so what are some of the little things? Yeah. Just talk about, when we talk about doing the things that love does, you know, when you're falling in love, when you're dating, you, 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 just, just, you just do a lot of thoughtful things. And it's amazing to talk to couples who have been married for three years, five years, ten years. When was the last time you did something really thoughtful, really romantic? That, I mean, they say, well, it's been years. Just, I don't do that anymore. Why, do, why don't you do that anymore? And just, just talk about some things that we've tried to do. Yeah, I have some great memories of some things. Um, years ago, uh, I came home, and you know the moment you walk in the door and you realize, oh my gosh, someone has been in this house. What's going on? Anyway, I went through all of the rooms of the house, and James had bought, I don't know how many roses, but 
um, he had taken them all and he had written a note and attached it to a single rose. Like when I opened the fridge, there was one in there. And the, the note, I recall, said something like, you know, thank you for all of the meals that you make in this kitchen. And I mean, it was so lovingly thought out. It wasn't just a quick trip to Jewel, although I don't mind a quick trip to Jewel if he gets me some chocolates. But that was a really wonderful thing that I knew the moment that happened, and I went through all of the different rooms and just sweet notes that I've kept attached to all of these roses, but what it said to me was my husband was thinking about me when it wasn't, it wasn't February 14th, and it wasn't March 19th, my birthday, and it wasn't our anniversary, but it was that he was really thinking of me and loved me and says it all the time, but was taking the time to show me. And um, my friends who know me well are always saying, what in the world is your husband doing now? Because um, I think that's just been a part of our love story, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, I have a very distinct sense, I just would speak to the men for a minute, I have a very distinct sense of the amount of withdrawals that being married to me involves. And whether it is ministry withdrawals or personality withdrawals or... Um, get a good sense of how many checks you're writing on your wife's emotional bank account and don't um, uh, delude yourself into thinking that that is an inexhaustible resource. And, uh, you know, Kathy and I will, will have had many stages in our lives. We have kind of code language and we'll say to one another, for example, you know, I think we need a honeymoon. And we, got to kind of, we kind of really got to focus in here. We took uh, an extended period of time uh, just back in January uh, and were together alone uh, without anyone else for more than a week. It never saw anyone, never talked to anyone, and just really took some time to key in on one another. And I, I, it amazes me how quickly you can get right back to those you know, fluttering heart and, and, and tenderness toward this person. Uh, but it's not a surprise that you sit in a restaurant and you see a couple sitting there and they don't talk to one another for the whole meal. They don't have nothing to talk about. And it's all grown very cold over a period of months, over a period of years. That's where a lot of marriages go. And that's where all of your marriages are going to go. And that's where our marriage is going to go if we don't attend to uh, the things that we're talking about here. So it needs to be more than I love you, I love you, I love you. Uh, saying it is the easier part, would we agree? And taking those actions and doing those things is what really makes uh, a marriage satisfying. So um, anything else on that? Oh, I was just thinking about some of the sensitive things that you do, like... Um, when we travel a fair bit, um, uh, not as much recently, but through the years we've traveled a lot, stayed in a lot of hotel rooms and a lot of places, and I like to sleep in a little bit in the morning, which isn't 9 or 10 o'clock, but, you know, um, Kathy gets up early and earlier, 7, 6, 5.30, and, and uh, she's so, like, she, she, what are you doing, honey? Come on to bed. What are you doing? Come on to bed. And, and then I figure out she's over by the door, and she's putting her shoes and what she's going to wear, and she's putting it right by the door so she can slip out of bed in the morning and slip out the door without me waking up. Like, isn't that loving? That's so thoughtful. That's so you before me. And uh, what a good thing to do on Valentine's Day. Just kind of scan the horizon of your life. How many actions can you find that send the message? What you need is more important than what I need. When you have two people doing that reciprocally, that's an awesome life. Well, I'm sure there was a few slammed hotel doors before that, so I'm glad <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> um, 
I think the other thing that I was reminding, uh, re remembering about this, um, I was talking about my mom earlier, and uh, she has needed some help over the years since she's been on disability, and, and James just lovingly has just, like, really helped to provide for her in many ways, and at the time that we began that, you know, um, that it was a sacrifice, and I remember it being James's idea, and I just remember thinking, this is really wonderful because I would have loved to have asked, but at the time, I think I probably thought this is a big deal, you know, and um, anyway, not a lot of words, but a lot of action that showed how much James cared for my family, and um, he couldn't have a bigger fan than my mother, so clearly she got over the listen, lady, back off way back when. <laughs> well, it is an important thing to remember that you, I, I remember the person who did premarital counseling with us said, um, your spouse, your wife, your husband, they can say whatever they want about their family, but don't think that you can. They can say all kinds of things about their mother and their, they don't want to hear that from you. And, and I have tried through the years to um, uh, see that, I mean, Kathy loves her mother and her sisters and that I am loving her well when I am loving them. That's a gift to her. And if you think about it that way, that could eliminate something that is frequently a problem in a lot of, a lot of marriages. So um, V uh, is value, A is acceptance, L is love, and E, next letter is? E is edify. Uh, building up uh, in the best and the worst of times. And uh, it brought the best and worst of times. You, Kathy, have been such, a, such an edifier, such a supporter, such an encourager, such a prayer. And I uh, uh, thought of a time when we were preparing this when um, I, <laughs> um, pastors have these moments. I was like, I'm just, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And I remember Kathy... Thankfully, she's strong. I got all the upside of that. And she was like, like heck you are, and we have worked this hard, and you are not going to, and don't, I don't want to hear that, and, and this is what's going to happen, and we are, this is what we are about. And she just, and people who see her, people who know our kids will be like, she, yeah, she did. And, and they know she, she's very uh, um, gracious uh, and um, careful um, when we're in public and very uh, supportive and strong uh, when we're in private. And I'm thankful for both of those things and uh, just for your heart uh, to be a person. I, my wife has never, ever, uh, hey, honey, what did you think about that message? It was great. I, I, I know she's lying some of that time. But she just would never. I have pastors who tell me that their wife is their biggest critic. I can tell you after 30 years, and I know what she's going to say. Sometimes I ask her because I need to hear that from her. And uh, words of encouragement and blessing are never wasted, are they? Not at all. And I guess it's just good, just when you were saying that, I was just realizing, um, I think so many people go into marriage and maybe hit, I don't know, different phases and just think, you know, like the fairy tales tell us. And I mean, when I met and married James, he was from a wonderful Christian family and their, his parents had been married for a long time. But you know the thing I loved about them is they were so honest and open. They didn't have it all together. They would 
uh, you know, resolve their problems in front of us. And it was really great. And it made me realize I haven't seen the best of marriages. I'm going to get married. Not only am I going to get married, I'm going into ministry. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be an example at some point. Like, this is really scary. But I just remember realizing, no, we can do this because the Lord has set a way before us. And that just meant the world. I mean, it really did because I didn't have a whole lot of... Um, you know, a long line of great marriages behind me. But I remember getting married when I was 20 and realizing, you know what? No, I can look around and I can find some people who I can look up to are really trying to, um, you know, get this thing right. So I'm grateful for that. And I guess I was just saying that because there are the best of times and there are the worst of times and you just grow through them all. Well, that actually leads to the next thing, which is N in a Valentine. And uh, we wrote down for the word, uh, for the letter N, we wrote the word now. And this has been a huge, huge part of our marriage. Um, resolve conflict uh, as soon as possible. In fact, we have had, and we've taught our kids this, we've had rules for fair fighting. I've mentioned this in uh, a lot of, um, I'm competitive. Uh, Kathy is actually very competitive too. And we would play games. I can remember playing just when we were married, before we even had kids sitting down and just battling it out with different word games. We both really like to compete. So um, if you um, have that in your marriage, you can play that into a strength. And we established rules for fair fighting. Well, I don't know what it's like in your uh, marriage, but when I'm in an argument with Kathy, I want to win. Anybody with me on wanting to win the argument? Anybody? Don't leave me up here. Come on, put up your hand if you want to win the argument. All right, well, I totally love winning the argument, and trust me when I tell you she likes winning the argument, and she wins more often than me because she gets me wound up, and then she calls me on breaking one of the rules. What? There was a rule right there wrong. I do not get you wound up. You get yourself wound up, but There you go, there you go. (laughs) I love to see that strength coming out. So... Um, so rules for fair fighting are, um, you can't bring up the past. I would get so hammered on that. I can remember standing in our house in Arlington Heights when our kids were all preschoolers having an argument about something. And as sure as I'm standing here, I can see her saying, you brought up the past, you lose. And if you, if you break, it's over. It's over. And you have to respect those boundaries. But, you know, we're arguing about something and you break the rule, that's over. And so we have kind of policed ourselves we've kind of said, we're gonna live within these rules. And you can speed, but if you speed, you're gonna get pulled over. Once you get pulled over, it's over. And so the rules for fair fighting are, you can't bring up the past, and Kath? Attack the problem, not the person. Yeah, I would get busted yeah. for that too. And, <laughs> and then, oh, this is a really important one. Um, you, um, men, uh, you can't use your strength. You can't use your strength in an argument. You can't get close you can't get loud. You for sure can't get physical. I've told the whole church uh, 20 years ago about the famous little uh, altercation with Kathy and I, maybe three or four years into our marriage, and I think we were still in seminary, and we got into some argument about something. I you can't remember. You know, it's, it was everything then, and it's less than nothing now, I can tell you. And I kind of reached over and grabbed her arm. Oh, that was a huge error. She yanked her arm out of my hand and she, don't you ever touch me like that again. And, and I haven't. <laughs> and, and, but thank God for a woman strong enough to set a boundary and say, this is the way it's going to be. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like this. And, and um, you know, so you have to have rules and you have to live uh, within the rules. 
Um, can't use your strength. What else? I was just thinking, um, yielding to the truth. You know, both of us. I mean, we just try to be honest, but it's hard when the steam is going, isn't it? But I mean, we have to yield to the truth of what's happening. I know that's been a good rule for fair fighting. I would say through the years, that single characteristic, if some of you are noting things that you can talk about together as couples here in this room or online, um, I would just say that um, can you yield to what's true? Can you have your mind changed? Well, I was thinking this, but then it was sh shown to me that um, um, Proverbs says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. And I have seen more people uh, drive over a cliff over, they just can't admit when they're wrong. They just can't. They can't, they don't, and everything goes great till they're wrong, and once they're wrong, then it's not going anywhere good because they can't admit when they're wrong. So um, I was reading today from Dietrich Bonhoeffer I, I, uh, a quote about marriage, and I wonder if I have it here. Not sure if I brought it. It's not there. Is there another paper there, sweetie? I just thought this was so outstanding from Bonhoeffer. He said, marriage is more than your love for each other. It has a higher dignity and power, for it is God's holy ordinance. Through marriage, God wills to penetrate the human race till the end of time. This is good. In your love, you see only your two selves in the world. But in marriage, you are a link in the chain of generations, which God causes to come and go and to pass away to his glory. And then this, as high as God is above man, so high are the sanctity and the rights and the promise of marriage. It is not your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on, it is the marriage that sustains your love. In other words, there is in each of us a diminished, depraved um, capacity to love. And instead of looking at your marriage as lacking love, look at your heart as lacking love and your marriage as the place to see that problem solved. You're not looking for a marriage that has love. You're in a marriage and looking for a heart that is learning to love. Do you see? Marriage is what brings the better love out in you. And I just love, love that concept. Um, go ahead, hon. Well, I'll, we were laughing today at some of the, you know, comical things that have happened. And sometimes you just need some relief because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of intense things that go on in trying to keep a marriage happy. And so we were just laughing. There's just this famous story that happened a long time ago. And, and um, you know, in ministry, there's just a lot of things that go on. And, and um, we, we were preparing for a baptismal, uh, a baptism night. And we got to the church, and uh, the baptismal tank wasn't um, filled. So, we didn't even have a building. We were no, renting the high school. So we rented a church, and everyone was coming to get their families baptized. And we got there, and there was no water. And so quick, we all had to decide, oh, my goodness, like these people are here. They're getting baptized. This is so awesome. What are we going to do? So we put our heads together, and we realized that there was a lake not far at someone's house, and we were going to go, and we were going to get into our cars and go there. It was a great plan. Well, honestly, as we've said earlier, 
James and I got into a tiff. I have no idea. And this is embarrassing. Like, we're the pastor and wife. This is a new place. We're so excited. This is like something really great happening. We got into a tiff. It must have been bad because I said to a friend, I said, I really, I just can't go. I said, you just need to drive the kids and I home. Well, James didn't hear me saying that, and this is all, of course, resolve it now. So I get into the car with her, and we are barreling down Palatine Road. Well, sure enough, who comes barreling right down beside us, James? And this is the craziest story because... No cell phones back then. Oh, no. And so he, so I'm like obviously upset and I don't want to deal with this and James is obviously like oh no we're going to deal with this we got to get this dealt with we got bigger things to do here James is driving I'm talking to my friend I see oh my goodness there's James I'm like Chrissy do not stop just take me home we'll be fine this is her pastor I am so embarrassed about I roll this down story. the window and I'm like you're stopping right now yes. and so I was telling him to can it I'm telling Chrissy to keep going Clearly, thank the good Lord, I got some wisdom there. And, oh, she was obviously going to pull over, too. She saw him. She was like, I've got to pull over. This is my pastor. Well, she pulled over. James and I obviously dealt with it and got it worked out. And, and truly, I took Kathy over to the lake and baptized her. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, this all sounds really funny, and it's embarrassing to even say that we were so immature and honestly so selfish what were we thinking but I want to say that I'm grateful for a husband and a leader who is willing to do the hard thing and it's true like I wasn't going to give in for a little and and it was a drama that really didn't need to be you know gone on and I'm very grateful for a husband who wants to lead and um, be an example and so I'm just glad that that one ended well well the point there is is that you have to have a commitment in your marriage that you're going to work things out and, and I've learned through the years that um, there's an amount of time that's needed. I'm a now, now, now person, and she might be a now later today, after a few hours, give me some space. And, you know, we respect that, but we, we don't sleep in different rooms. We don't, you could count the number of times that it wasn't settled in one, by the end of one day. When I hear about couples going to a second day or a third day, you are taking an ax to the base of what matters most. If you don't, it, you're damaging your, everything that a marriage is built on revolves around conflict resolution very soon. So you really need to commit yourself in this acrostic valentine. The N is now. And the next letter is, everyone, T. And T stands for time. And a great, this is a pretty short little one here, but mm -hmm. a great and satisfying marriage takes time. And, and people say, well, how much time is this going to take? <laughs> Men say that. How much time is this going to take exactly? Well, here's what it's going to take, guys. It's going to take 15 minutes a day. Faith, what, what Garrett Higby, our counseling director, calls uh, FaceTime. 15 minutes of FaceTime every day. How That's not easy to get anymore because every time I look at James and I want some FaceTime, that phone is near, isn't it true? And I'm sure the same thing is happening to me. I won't say that so unkindly. <laughs> but no, but we're, we've started having to leave our phone downstairs. And I have such a high need for closure. If I get an email, I want to answer it right away or whatever. And you have to have it actually put away from you. But 15 minutes a day, 
and an hour a week. We went to a date last week to Geneva, and you have to uh, go um, about an hour a week, some kind of a date we, we try to have, and then um, usually about a day a quarter to get away and talk and check in on your relationship, and then we try to have at least a week and a year 15 minutes a day, an hour a week, a day a quarter, and a weekend a year that focuses on nothing but uh, looking at our marriage. So, um, you know, it's the truth of the matter is if you want to have a great lawn or lower your handicap or run a successful business or get a master's degree, you, you, there's nothing that gets accomplished without time. And I just hate this concept. Some of you maybe are listening online right now or, or, or uh, here in this room, and you think still, man, some people just have a great marriage, and other people, they just don't. And I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy the right ticket, I guess. I just, I just, some people are so lucky. You, you couldn't be more wrong about that. You, you go find somebody you think has a great marriage and drill down on what's going on there and you will find out that they are investing in that the same way you're investing in your you know, woodworking class or whatever it is you think is more important than having a great marriage. But it, it definitely, definitely takes a time and it pays dividends, great, great, great dividends if you take uh, the time. So, um, what's, oh, finally a subject I'm excited about. What's next, hon? <laughs> um, I is for intimacy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> hey, got any amens here, man? Some amens over here. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Get it together. <laughs> All right, so I is for intimacy, mm -hmm. and uh, we've chosen some words here uh, that hopefully will be uh, helpful. Let's just take our time with this one, hon. Um, uh, here, here are the words, uh, frequency, um, a variety, uh, and urgency. So let me start with, um, I remember Kathy and I uh, waited uh, to be together until we were married, and uh, so our honeymoon was a brand new thing, and uh, I didn't have any clue about this subject of frequency, which is often a great tension in people's marriages. And I can remember we, we drove from where we were in Canada to Florida, um, and uh, the first night of our honeymoon was in Toledo. It's pretty, you know, you know, Toledo, the honeymoon capital of Toledo, and and uh, so we uh, ended up in on the Gulf Coast in Florida. We stayed with in our on our honeymoon. We stayed in a um, mobile home. Uh, with an elderly couple. You just have to know how poor we were. It was the truth. It was. We were anyway, happy to be in Florida. It was a big wonderful. deal. They couldn't hear a thing. They were deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, I would say, I would say that. Um, so I can remember on our honeymoon. You know, I would think. You know, that was four hours later. I'd be like, that was pretty fun. I think we should. Uh, you know, circle back. And, and I can remember on our honeymoon being tension about expectations in the area of frequency, of being together uh, intimately. And uh, we developed for our marriage um, a very, very practical uh, thing that has uh, served our marriage well through the years. And um, I think it's generally accepted uh, that men um, are interested more 
frequently uh, than women are, maybe. And, um, but it, it really, this works uh, either way. Uh, the rule in our marriage is you only get a one no, just one. So it's not, it's not fun to get a no, hey, hey, and no. But you only get one of those. So as soon as you get the no, next time you're like, hey, hey. Now, 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 you, you, there has to be an interval of at least 90 minutes between. <laughs> no, it has to be the next day. The no is in force for a full day. But once that uh, 24 hours hits, um, nothing is in doubt at that point. And, and um, that has served our you before me. Um, and I think that being able to say no without consequence, emotionally or otherwise, is very, very healthy. And I think being able to initiate uh, either person with confidence of loving our receptivity um, is also a really, really healthy thing. We, we remark, we're surprised when we um, encounter couples that are, have been married longer and it seems as though almost that's not even part of their marriage anymore. And I'm just like, what? It, it's remarkable. Well, it just, um, it just doesn't seem like that's the way, you know, that the Lord planned it. Um, I mean, the Lord put this together as a big part of our life. And I know, you know, when James and I are having a good time, when we've been out on a date, when we're enjoying each other as God really intended, you, you're, you're more tied to each other. And I just, I'm so grateful that that's the way the Lord made it. So if I'm a really wise woman, I'm going to think, okay, this is the person that God gave me for the rest of my life. I get one. I want to love him and care for him and treat him as I would want him to treat me. And I just feel like, you know, it's just, it's God's plan. And every time I've ever gone down that path, it's always worked out the best. And so, I mean, I just, I'm just so grateful that the Lord taught us that early on. I think it's really important. important it is. And I think it's really important that you don't allow yourself uh, through the months and through the years uh, to rationalize a relationship that doesn't include, you know, the scripture is very clear about not defrauding one another. And um, um, I just think it's, it's really important to get to the bot. If, if that is something that is diminished uh, in your marriage, then I think it's really, really important to get to the bottom of why that's happening. Even if you have to go and get counsel, and um, even if you have to seek some uh, help uh, in that regard, um, 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 the uh, intimate part of a marriage relationship is like the dessert uh, in a great meal. And uh, nobody wanted to come to this banquet tonight and eat all desserts, um, but the, the little dessert that we had was really nice at the end of the meal. And uh, that's how you should think about intimacy uh, in a relationship. It's not the whole thing, but it is an important part of it and almost a culmination and a celebration of everything else. If that's become very difficult, something else is wrong. And you need to get to the bottom of, and, and often couples will be arguing about the sexual part of the relationship when really the struggle there is symptomatic of something uh, quite different. Uh, maybe the man is neglectful, maybe the woman is shaming him uh, in their relationship. Um, 
But as we said, you need to get to the bottom of that. So that's frequency. And then our next word uh, here, Kathy, under intimacy is? Uh, variety. Okay. And um, we have some fun stories that shall stay behind closed doors. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> but the truth is um, that um, it, there's just lots of places to go and lots of things to do. And um, I know that's I'm, really I'm comfortable with you stopping right there. <laughs> I would just say that if you um, um, could uh, seek to avoid uh, routine um, and talk together about things, uh, I can think of a lot of uh, times in my life where it was very apparent to me uh, that my wife was um, reaching just slightly, maybe, outside of her comfort zone, and it felt so loving and preferential to the other person and um, it would grieve me to think of um, you know when Hebrews says that marriage is honorable in all and the marriage bed is undefiled um, there's nothing that's wrong that is consensual there's nothing that's wrong that is uh, mutual and exclusive uh, to those two people and um, um, this should be the natural outgrowth um, of uh, your marriage. So I think we've already spoken to the issue of urgency and how that uh, cannot be neglected. So um, uh, the E in Valentine, we're there, is... Um, no, we, we missed oh, Nourish. We missed Nourish. Yeah. Sorry, honey, go. I can't spell very good. <laughs> it's okay. You've got other things on your mind. Okay. <laughs> What would that be? <laughs> yeah, let's go back to, did we cover intimacy? Yes, we did. <laughs> okay, so we're on to N. N for nourish. Your faith feeds your humility. Yeah, I think what we'd like to say here is, and we haven't talked about this, but your faith in, in God, uh, our following of Jesus Christ, our believing uh, this book um, is, is really an awesome, awesome part of a growing marriage. Here's why. Uh, weekly worship attendance uh, at church is intended to be, um, you know, a pride-withering encounter with God. Every week, I went and met with God and got reminded that I'm not the most important I went and got before the Lord and bowed before him and remembered it's not just that I'm placing myself under this other person. We have a king who's over all of us. And church is the place where I go and I get everything kind of in order. And, and God first and my wife, my spouse second, and myself, uh, you know, somewhere down the line there after my family and so on. And, and uh, so church and your growing faith uh, biblical Christianity, rightly understood, is a journey toward profound humility and selfless love. That's the journey we're on, toward profound humility and selfless love. And so growing in your faith should automatically be a, a growing in your marriage and nourishing your own relationship with the Lord uh, is key and uh, um, that has uh, certainly been true uh, in our marriage. It has. And we were just talking earlier that um, 
part of that is just that when burdens and cares and, and just the dailiness of life, you know, happens, I mean, where do you run to? And uh, we were just talking about how quickly we have found, um, you know, running to the Lord, uh, calling people who we know are prayer warriors and our family and um, just different people and just quickly uh, realizing that we can't do this on our own and we need some help and... Um, just grateful for the people who want to come alongside us and, and you know, bear our burdens and love and, and truly pray for us. What a big deal that is mm-hmm. that someone has said to me that they have prayed for us. Yeah. I, I just would never take that for granted and, and the opposite way, too, when, when, I, when someone asks me to do that for them. It's just the big part of our life to know where to go. So turning to the Lord and turning to the Lord in humility praying together, praying together for your marriage, praying together for your family, that, men, that dependence upon God sets the stage for humility in your home and in your marriage. And uh, men who say they have a great relationship with God but don't have a growing relationship with their wives are kidding themselves. You don't have a great relationship with God if you don't have a growing relationship with your spouse. Now, uh, maybe your wife's struggling. Maybe even if you are having to help her through some things, uh, God is using that uh, to shape you. And hopefully that a priority is coming out. So the last word uh, is the last letter in the word Valentine, E. And um, here the word is evaluate. Uh, regular intervals of review uh, and renewal. And uh, Kathy, we've had a lot of those through the years. We have. We were just talking about that. Um, And just really taking it, um, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you. And so, you know, we've got to often sit down and say, okay, are we going in the way that we want to? And how much time are we spending with this and that? And what's most important? And with our married kids now and with grandkids and with this ministry growing so much and... um, we're grateful to take the time together and really ask the Lord to show us. We're, we don't need to plan this all our, our own. You know, I remember when our kids were dating, they would talk about having these DTRs. Does everybody know what a DTR is? Where they sit down and they have this define the relationship. You know, you're dating somebody, so let's define that. So are we a thing? Are we a thing? Are we going steady? You know, where's, and, and, and girls, they want to have DTRs like, you know, every other date, and guys want to have them never. And, and that, carries over, that carries over into marriage. And women want to talk about our marriage and how we are doing, and guys don't. And I would just say that evaluate. You want to have a valentine? Guys, you're going to evaluate, just like you would evaluate um, a team you were coaching, just like you'd evaluate a sales team you were leading. Um, you need to have some time to evaluate your marriage. How are we doing? I said to a couple when we came in tonight, we, we didn't read the things that were uh, sent in. We know some people are really feeling challenged in their marriage. Others just wanted kind of a nice night out, and there's quite a cross-section here. So we don't know where all of you are at, uh, much less the people who are listening online. Uh, but um, evaluate. And I would just, we would just uh, challenge you that if you would take some time, uh, take these nine words that we've given you, value, acceptance, love, edify, now, in regard to conflict resolution, it takes time, the importance of intimacy and nourishing your faith and evaluating your marriage. And uh, I would just want to say um, that uh, by writing in like you did 
and coming to this event tonight. You have sent the message loud and clear. I hope your spouse is listening. You have sent the message loud and clear. This relationship matters to me. I want to work on it. Good for you. Those of you that have tuned in online, um, you could have done a lot of things with this hour, but you've decided instead to say, my marriage matters to me. I want to work on it. And uh, just before we have uh, a little bit of question and answer for a few moments, uh, let's just acknowledge together our gratefulness that we've expressed together. Our marriage matters to us and to God, and we want to work on it. Amen? So I hope that you've been really encouraged today through this clear teaching from God's Word. I just want to thank you from the whole team for listening to the James McDonald podcast, where the learning is for loving, loving God and for loving others more and more until we see him face to face. Thank you for standing with us. Your prayerful support is our lifeline to continue this gospel partnership, and it makes podcasts like these possible. If you're not part of a vibrant, life-giving gospel church, check out this new alternative. It's called the Home Church Network. You can get it at homechurchnetwork.global. All the ministry information, Bible teaching, and and resources are there, and also at jamesmcdonaldministries.org. Hey, thank you again for listening.